Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Awesome. You ready for the Word? Excited about the Word today? Are you leaning in? You're ready? You're, you're, you're ready to receive. That's what I want to hear. Absolutely. Give me a shout or something, would you? Oh, seriously. Okay. Let's have a look. I, I tell you, I got on my heart lately the church. The church. Because I, I believe that um, we get familiar, don't we, with things in life. We get familiar. We just got a team just come back from India. And uh, they're back well and safe and uh, fired up. But I tell you one thing, I tell you one thing that would be shattered in their life, and that is this familiar. This familiar. You think about it, you know, I, we live in this, this becomes our world, this becomes you know, our daily routines, this becomes our focus, it becomes, you go to a place like India, all of a sudden this, this you know, gets shattered. It opens our eyes, it opens our heart to, to greater things and, and uh, I, I love the church. I, I thank God for the church because it's God's plan, not only for those who believe but for the entire world. And so I never want it to be familiar. I never want us to do church and miss church. Do it and miss it at the same time. And so that's what's been on my heart. I preached last week out of Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse 11 to 13 says, So Christ himself, listen to it, Christ himself, this isn't a man-made thing, this isn't something that came out of some sort of extract of a religion. No, it says Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, which is what? The church, us. So that the body of Christ can be built up until we all reach maturity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the plan that God has for every believer. That's his plan for you. That's if you say, God, you know, what's your plan for me? There it is right there. That's the progression. That's the journey. That's what's outlined for all those who say yes to Jesus that we be equipped and trained to be mature enough to become the, the church, the body of Christ, alive, active, functioning, powerful. Now, I thought about this. I'm laying in bed last night about 11 o'clock, and I, you know, I'm going through this in my head. I thought, how can I illustrate this? And I had the, the thought of a, you know, how, how, many, how many folks here have a gym membership? You've got a gym membership. And you know what, if, if, if you've got a gym membership and, uh, and you turn up once a week for a workout um, or once a fortnight or once a month, you're really not getting value out of that membership, are you? 
I mean, you're just not getting value. It's like I bought a treadmill and it is the best, you know, clothes hanger um, that we have because the two rails, you can get all the, you know, the clothes in line on that. Um, it's not, you can buy them, but there's no value in them if you don't use them. Is that correct? That's the way it works. And I thought about this last night in my head and I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's the same as church. If, if we say, yeah, I'm a believer, I, you know, I come to church and that, we're not getting the value out of it if it's just every now and then, if it's an add-on to our life, if it's just a, you know, something I go and tick the box off. and No, 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 no. We get committed to, to the, the process that God has for our life. You know, out of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, then we will actually reap incredible benefits. You know what it's like if you get devoted to the gym and you're going three mornings a week and you're doing a routine and you're working out, maybe even a personal trainer to push you beyond where you physically want to go. After two, three, six, eight months, you're starting to think, wait a minute, I'm, I can take on the world here. I'm stronger, I'm fitter, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got energy, I'm alive, I can do stuff. Who knows what I'm talking about? Well, it's the same that happens in our spirit. If we come just to attend, to tick off a box every now and then when I'm not too busy and I can, I can fit, you know, church in, then, you know, it's, it's, there's not the value in that. But if we say, no, wait a minute, I'm all in. I'm 100%. I'm 100%. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, this is me now. I said yes, and uh, this is my life now. You watch, one year, two years, three years, you won't know yourself. You'll be a totally different person for the better. For the better. That's how it works. That's God's plan for your life. So we don't just hold a, a membership card to some, you know, religious organisation. No, we become the very building blocks of the body of Christ the very building blocks that make the church strong, each and every one of us. 1 Corinthians 3.9, Paul tells us, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Ephesians 22, verse 21 to 22, in him the whole building is joined together and raises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. So it requires us to be deliberate about becoming strong, about being solid in our faith, understanding, knowing what we believe, and being built together as a church that God has his presence in the midst. A strong people build a strong church. It's just the way it is. I want to look at just three things I thought about this week to, that can build a strong church. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2. This is a very simple message, folks. But if you apply it, it'll change your life for the better. No question. Verses 1 and 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Three things I want to look at. Number one is you need friends. You need friends. It's one of the greatest <coughs> assets of the church is that you have friends. Job 6.14 says, Anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who stands closer than a brother. See, I was told as a boy that if at the end of my life, if I could count my true friends on one hand, I would be a rich man. I would be a rich man just to be able to count true friends on one hand. <coughs> I'm not talking about those people we just hang with. I'm talking about the people who take a bullet for you. You know those ones. I mean, not, not a bullet in the face, but, you know, in the shoulder or, you know, a fleshy part. That, But, you know, we'll take a bullet for you and... And uh, they're, they're your true friends. And, it, and it's taken, I guess, decades of good days and bad days for those true friends of mine, for that re- relationship, that friendship to be, to be strengthened to what it is today. And here's the thing, here's the thing. All of the friends that I have, those true friends, I met in church. I met in church. It was in this environment. It was in this, you know, atmosphere that, that we connected and, and uh, have done life together now for many, many decades. My, my longest standing friend is Pastor Ron Henry. Who knows Pastor Ron Henry? You know Pastor Ron? He's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's, uh, he would be my best mate, old Ronnie. I met him and Anna in 1980. I'd just become a, a, a believer and, um, you know, Ron took me under wing. He'd been a Christian maybe a year or so before me. And so he was my senior. And uh, he took me under wing. And every Wednesday night, I remember, we used to go over to Stradbroke Island um, and run a home group. Ron used to run the, the home group on Stradbroke Island for Southside Church, as it was known then. And, and uh, so that was the beginning of our overseas ministry. We would catch the barge every Wednesday and uh, go over to Stratty and do the meeting and then come back. And I used to carry Ron's Bible and, you know, he, he, was, just, he was just a mentor to me. And uh, we've remained with that friendship, you know, till this day. And, uh, you know, I've discovered that it's, it's tough without friends in your life. I mean, there are many times that, you know, I felt like giving up. Many times I thought, man, this is too hard. This ministry thing is too hard. You can't please people. You can't, you know, you could, it just, you know, you get in some hollows sometimes. And, you know, old Ronnie, he used to ring me up, say, how you going, mate, you know, and I'd whinge. And he'd say, I'm not listening to you whinging. Get back up on the horse, son, you know. Get up. You can do it. Speak a word of encouragement, a word of life. I hated him many times through that because he was right. 
but I wouldn't be here today had I not listened to him. You know, he's, he's a true friend and um, that's never going to change. And, um, but here's the thing. If you want a friend, you've got to be a friend. You know, I watch people come to church late and then they leave early and there's, they're, like on, they're, they're like doing some time trials to get to the car. I mean, they're flying. From that front door, they grab one scone and they're going to the car as quick as humanly possible and think, oh, well, no one spoke to me. You know, that's not a very friendly church. It's like we just, we couldn't catch you. (laughs) You were uncatchable. But, you know, when, when was the last time you invited a family over for dinner? Seriously, after church, said, hey, listen, I know we don't know you, we're not... Serial killers, but would you like to come for lunch? It's good to tell them you're not serial killers, you know. But when was the last time we went out of our way to actually connect with people? And we think, you know, I'm pretty lonely, I don't have any friends. Well, you've got to be a friend. You've got to be able to connect with people and and go out of your way. And I tell you what, it's incredibly rewarding. The, the, The trips I've done, you know, to India uh, with Pastor Ron... Um, you know, too many to count. We've been on the mission field together. We've, we've gone through so much in life together. Memories I have that will just last my lifetime. Absolutely great memories. And, uh, you know, we deserve that. Everyone deserves that. So find a small group. You know, find a, get on a team that serve. You know, get connected somehow. Um, and you know what? It works. It works. If you make the effort, it could be the the best investment of a lifetime. So find a friend. That's really important. The second thing is family. I know when we started this church, the, the cry of our hearts was a family church with a mission's heart. This has always been a family church. You know, we're not a sort of a young people church. We're not a you know, an old people church, we're, we're cradled to the grave. We, we have the whole family. We encompass the whole family. That's, that's our heart. That's our, that's our mission. It's our focus. And God's into family. You know, he was a single parent. Have you ever thought about that? God was a single parent, so he's even got single parents covered as well. Right through the Bible, it's, it's, it's so strong, the theme of family. Matthew, the book of Matthew and the genealogies, goes from Abraham to 42 generations to Christ and every one of those are numbered. Every one of those are named in in Matthew. That's how important, how valuable, you know, families are. Right through to the, you know, to to those that that follow on from that. And families are the building blocks of the church. Families are the building blocks of the church as well as the community. And you know when the families are under attack, the community breaks down. When the family breaks down, the community breaks down. That's when you have, you know, kids doing their <coughs> excuse me. Kids doing their own thing and you know, there's there's just no no uh, you know, what is it, structure, you know, because the family has broken down and it's it's always been a a challenge on my heart, and I, I thought about one thing that actually 
will help us make our family strong. And uh, it's simply this. Don't be consumed by what you're building and forget who you're building for. That's, that's just a little thing, but I tell you what, it's, it's so powerful in my life. It's true in the family and it's true in the church. See, we can get so busy building a future for our family that we actually lose our family. I mean, what a tragic story that is. And uh, I, you know, I fell into this trap when I had my business many years ago. I, you know, I, I was building a business. I was building it for the family. You know, I would leave work before the kids woke up and I was home just before they went to bed. And, and the reality was that, you know, in my mind, I was doing the right thing as a father and a provider to build that, that family. But I really, I really lost a, a lot of my children's upbringing in that process. I just, you know, I was busy doing what I thought was the right thing. But, you know, as I look back today, it, it, it wasn't any, of any value at all. And uh, I would rather, have, you know, instead of doing 60, 80 hours a week, maybe do, you know, 40 to 50 and then spend the rest of the time with my kids. I think that would have been more profitable and more valuable for my life. Also, you can be busy in church. So busy as a church, we can, we can be busy building the church that we actually neglect the people that we're, we're building the church for. Amen? Because it's not about buildings. It's not about, you know, structures. No, it's about people. It's about the hurting and the broken. And we can run great meetings and we can run... You know, sort of uh, like we've got, we got the carols coming up in just eight weeks, KK, eight weeks. And we've got the carols coming up. We'll get ten to 15,000 people in that over. What a great event, amazing event. But what about the one? What about the one hurting, the one broken, the neighbour? You know, the family down the road that's just fallen apart, that's just been destroyed by life. You know, do we miss those in doing what we do? I hope not, because it's about family. And if we neglect the family, that neglect will destroy everything we're trying to build. It just does. So we've got to be deliberate about making the family strong. So I want you to think about this today and say, okay, what can we do this week? What can we do today as a family that's going to enrich us? It's going to make us stronger. It's a good question, isn't it? It's a good challenge upon us. And it's not that we don't want to do that. It's just that we're so busy we don't think of it. And what I'm saying today is, well, let's think of it. Let's just think of just one thing this week. Say, okay, we're going to do one thing this week, just our family, just together, just as a family. I tell you what, your kids will, will leap with joy. Amen? Doesn't take a lot of money either. It'll put the brakes on, you know, before we get too lost and lose our family. The third thing of building block of, of building the church is, is Father God. In verse uh, chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 1 and 2, it says this. It says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, 
and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Follow God's example as dearly loved children. It's always good to remember that the church, like every home, needs a father figure to bring strength and security. And, and, and you know, in society today, you know, sometimes that duty falls upon one parent. You know, they have to be the father and the mother, you know, which is a huge challenge, and I, I take my hat off to them. But there has to be that authority. There has to be that, that, that figure, you know, um, that gains the responsibility but also respect. And that's the principle we're talking about, respect. In verse 33 of that chapter 5, it says, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So it says there that, that husbands love your wife and wife respect your husband. And in the contrast of the church, God's responsibility is to love us and our responsibility is to respect him. It's that simple, isn't it? And how could you not when you consider what God has done for us? When you consider that mankind was, was separated from God the Father. Separated, and he gave because he loved us. John 3.16 tells us that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible says that, you know, uh, greater love has no man than the one who lays down his life for his friend. So it's not hard to love God. The challenge is to respect him. To respect him. Now, when you respect God, it means that you're prepared to obey and walk in the teachings of God. Is that fair? I mean, that's what respect is. That's when you honour someone, that's how it works. You know, if I respect my earthly dad, then I'll bring, you know, I won't bring dishonour to his name. And the challenge in our community today is that you know, they've lost a lot of respect for authority. I was talking to a South African lady uh, this morning, and uh, she grew up in South Africa, and, and she said the thing she noted when she came to Australia was how disrespectful the children were. How, how they, because she was a teacher, right? And so the kids are like, I would not be a teacher. How many teachers we got here today? You have, you have, a mantle from God upon your life. Seriously, I couldn't, I couldn't be a teacher. I would be in jail today. <laughs> I, I'm not politically correct, and uh, I have a different discipline idea than most, and uh, I wouldn't put the children on a naughty blanket. Um, I'd cover them up with it, um, <laughs> gently, because I love children. I love them. But I couldn't be a teacher. It's so disrespectful. I mean, police. I mean, they even, people even beat up ambos now. I mean, an ambulance driver, you, you think they would be the most revered people in the community because when you need help, you need an ambo. Is that fair? And they beat them up. 
It's like, where are we heading, folks? No, we need to bring that respect back. We don't have respect for authority, for government, for our prime minister. It's just, it's just terrible. But for those who believe, our lives should reflect the utmost respect for our Heavenly Father. Utmost respect. What God has done for us, he deserves, bottom line, our respect and our honour. Do you believe that? And so, you know, that gauges how I conduct my life, doesn't it? Because I don't want to bring any disrespect to my Heavenly Father. So I try as best I can to obey his teachings and to walk in his ways. It only bring me blessing anyway. So if we're going to build a strong church, then we need to, first of all, find a friend. I'd like you to do that. Be devoted to our family and to live a life that brings honour and respect to our Heavenly Father. Can I have the team come back? Come on back up. We're going to worship. We've got a few moments. But I want to put that challenge out there. There must be some way in, in one of those three things where you're thinking, you know what, I could do that better. I could do that better. I agree with what you're saying and I could do that better. And I want you to think about that as we worship, as we come back to worship and, and as we're worshipping before we close the meeting, you know, after we, we have our announcements and so forth. But I want you to be challenged. Challenge yourself. Say, okay, what, what's the one area I can do better? What's the one area? It's like God has given me a slap up the side of the face this morning and say, awake, O sleeper. Awake. I can do this better. I can do this better. I'm going to make this my challenge. I can do this better. I can, I can make it my strength. That which is my weakness now can be my strength. I tell you what, it'll only enrich your life. It might seem a challenge now, but gee, you get on board, you make it happen, you win that victory, and you'll be so blessed. There's no two ways about it. You with me? Yeah. All right. Why don't we, we got our worship team? You're not expecting me to sing, I hope. <laughs> I used to sing. You know I was the first worship leader in this church? And how it grew is God knows. God knows. Actually, probably about a year in, people who got to know us started to confess. And they said, Pastor, we, we really come late to miss the worship. <laughs> and of course, I felt really good about that. <laughs> you good? We're missing one. One more. Why don't we stand to our feet? Come on, let's, let's worship. But as we do, come on, let's be challenged. Let's say, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's just one area that, you know, I'm going to focus on now. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to make it my strength, my strength. We're going to have the strongest family that we've ever had. We're going to have strong friendships and relationships. We're going to work on those. We're going to build those. And we are going to respect our Heavenly Father, like never before. Amen? Come on, let's, uh, let's worship.